the go-to communication medium for negotiating is becoming email. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be. My name's Mike Lander, and you're listening to Marketing Negotiations, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in partnership with The Drum, where we bring you negotiation insights from CMOs, agency leaders, and acclaimed authors. Ben, thanks ever so much for joining us on the Drums Marketing Negotiations podcast. Cool. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Ah, pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this. And we had a um, a pre-call, as I do with everyone, and we had a lot of laughs and there's some great learnings here. So can, let's get stuck into, just describe, Ben, your background and your kind of current role. What do you do? Uh, well, I think like, like most people, I sort of fell in uh, to, to, to media. Um, uh, having, having got to uni, I went away traveling, uh, wanted to find myself, find what, what career I wanted to do and came back with, with zero idea of what I wanted to do. But had a, had a, had a mate, uh, who was working, uh, for a TV company, uh, back then was, which was called TVMM. Um, and, and it was based in Grayson Road, bizarrely, which is where I am today. Um, um, but yeah, so he got me uh, an interview, and uh, yeah, that started. I started my career um, selling selling spots, moving spots around uh, for for ITV regions, which were STV and, and Grampian back then. Yeah, yeah. And so let's, since then, so what do I do today? Um, so I, I, I run uh, the trading and commercial strategy at ITV, which is uh, means I'm responsible for the revenues uh, across uh, broadcast and digital, our sales, our market approach, and our negotiations with agencies and clients, so the contractual sides as well. And at a really simple level, basically, are you selling all of the advertising space across all of your TV and digital channels? Yeah, all of the spot advertising space. Right. Okay. Brilliant. Um, so, um, given your background and introduction, now let's get into the meat of the kind of some of the conversations uh, that we had before and about some of the things that you've learned around negotiating. So, um, can you talk about some of the negotiation dynamics and the kind of characteristics? Pepper it with some examples, if you can, um, about yeah. when you're negotiating deals with media agencies, direct with clients, trading groups. Kind of, you know, what have you learned over the years? What have you found and what have you learned? No, I, th- I think the first thing I'd say is, is that things have changed over, over the time I've been doing, uh, you know, work, working in TV. Yep. If, if, if I go back to, to when we first started, you go back 15, 20 years, things were quite adversarial uh, back then. Uh, negotiations were you know, quite aggressive, I would say. Uh, there was a lot of, yeah, intimidation uh, and theatrics as, as as part of the process uh, back then. I think was that on the, both sides, Ben. Just out of interest, um, I think it probably was uh, 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 originally. Uh, it's certainly not something that I've ever uh, comfortable doing, but I, I, I'm sure that there were. I mean, there there are stories that, that go back about people on both sides actually uh, selling out and, and buying who who were you know uh, very intimidating. Put it put it that way. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that back then a lot of uh, the the negotiations that were done were, were very you know they were one year or short term positions. 
and you know, I used to observe back back then that you know, you you'd spend whatever it was, you know, two months fighting about the deal, uh, only to agree it, and then spend you know the next. 10 months plotting how you could right the wrongs of... Retribution, exactly. Exactly. So it was, you know, that, that was then. I think o- o- over time, um, people's approach to things have, have changed, become yeah, arguably, I'd say, more professional, more, more, more focused around uh, the outputs and less about, you know, the, the, the theatrics of, of how you get, get to them. Um, and more about around the ongoing relationships uh between the two parties because that, that the reality is is that you know th- this isn't like negotiating uh 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 the sale of a house where you never see the person again you know it's it's an ongoing business uh relationship but I, I think that's a critical point is that where you're facing I'm like you know people buy cars people buy houses you you, know, you buy all sorts of stuff in in a consumer kind of world, if that's a transactional relationship, one-off, yeah, things can get aggressive and they can get tense. And bluntly, it's quite a lot about claiming value. One side yeah. is trying to claim more value off the other because the pie's fixed. Whereas mm. I think what you're alluding to here is, I mean, I'd imagine in your world, you've probably negotiated with the same people for like 10, 15, 20 years. They've moved around yep. Yep. Um, or they've stayed where they are. But those relationships become all important. Yeah. Because people do want to like, if you claim a load of value off me in a negotiation and I'm going to meet you next year, well, guess what? I'm going to prepare really, really well. <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to make sure that I get my cut back the next time yeah. round. And that's not helpful. Yes. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's, that's, that's actually happened, which has helped uh those negotiation di- negotiation dynamics and and the relationships is that the business has broadened in terms of what it is that we're trading with each other and important there, there are more elements and what do you mean by that Ben just kind of bring that to life okay so so if you go back it used to be um you know the the, the relationship was purely about you know, you'd be negotiating an airtime price for an investment, a share of investment uh, across one channel. That was pretty much it. You know, and if you represented more than one region or whatever, then it would be across those different regions. So is that like what, like a ninety-second slot after the news at six or something? Well, it would be more about a commitment for for a year and what what share of someone's budget that that, that they were going to commit to and what they okay. would get. In return for that, but now you know within within uh, the sort of deals that we have with uh, you know different uh, agency groups and, and and clients, there are far more elements to it. The, 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 the spend is beyond just a spend across ITV main channel. You've got uh, you've got the digital channels. We've got VOD. There's sponsorship. There are data. There are, there are so many more elements to that go to build. Uh, and construct a deal that the definition of value, you know, is more nuanced than it was back then. Yeah. Is also, how do you track the value then, Ben? So as an ex-buyer on the kind of buy side, I'd be like, that's all great, but how am I going to track where the value is going to come from? If it's now multifaceted, this value exchange, how on earth am I going to find out, was it a good bang for my buck? 
Well, I think, yeah, that, that comes down to the individual you know, client or agency, isn't it? What, what's important to them? What, are they, what is it that... Because not everyone's the same. And exactly. That, 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 you know, that, that's the thing. And you know, that's where I think you know, relationships play a part. Um, that's where preparation takes a part. Yeah. You know, it plays a part. It, it, it's about understanding what it is someone is looking to get out of, of the relationship so that you can you know, build and construct something that, that actually works. Yes. It works for both parties. So I was having this discussion with someone yesterday about um, understanding people's interests rather than their demands. And what can often happen in a negotiation, I find, is that we get caught up in the moment of the negotiation. We've got 45 minutes to negotiate something, having been preparing it for weeks. Um, and we get so focused on what our needs are that mm-hmm. we don't tune into the other person's real interests rather than their demands, the banging the table yeah. stuff. Any kind of like thoughts on that? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, listening is 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 absolutely key. It sounds easy, it? Ben. Sounds really easy. Just listen. It'll all be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes you only hear what you want to hear, though, don't you? No, we <laughs> and, do, and, and, because we tune in. Human beings yeah. have a filter, and we tune into what we're waiting to hear, and the rest gets tuned out. I can actually remember sitting in a meeting and watching two people saying the same thing and knowing that they were agreeing to different things in their own heads, even right. though the words were the same. Wow. Uh, and it, it, it is a classic. And lo and behold, you, you, you go away, you send over heads of turfs, and you know they are completely different, even though the words were, were, were the same. So look, I think that that comes down to preparation, making sure you've got back channels in, in, in negotiations is important. Being Because you, you were always going to hit, you, know, you, you go through that process of you know, uh, setting the scene uh, and, uh, and defining the, the shape, both, both parties defining the shape of uh, negotiations, setting your markers, all of those things, which is, you know, the, the, the complex language of trying to signal to each other where you want to go and work, work it all out. Um but, but it, it, inevitably, there, there are going to be areas that need to be clarified, uh, which, which, which sometimes you know, it's better to do that outside of you know, the, the construct of a meeting and, and, and the exchange of, of presentations or whatever, um, so, so that you can understand the intent, because it, it is often you know, the intent that, that's fundamental to understanding what what it is you know what they're trying to achieve and there may be other ways of, of doing that and in fact uh the the research bears that out as well which is um we've moved in the last 10 years much more to email based negotiation which is uh which i personally think is a bit disastrous well it sounds uh, horrific it's I, horrific yeah. correct <laughs> um and it's because of what happened in the last 3 to 4 years um and because of the different technologies that are now around uh, people don't pick up their phone. Um, it's va- I mean, God, my my phone. I, it rings maybe three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. most of it's on email, and so the the go to communication medium for negotiating is becoming email. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be because it mm-hmm. takes out the humanity in the yeah. negotiation. And what you mm-hmm. just talked about there, I think, is the back channel is you pick up the phone, you go for a coffee. And you understand what's going on. What? Why is this document not what we thought we'd mm. agreed? What? What's driving this? Mm. 
So another topic. So Jekyll and Hyde characters. Um, <laughs> any experience? <laughs> then your eyebrows are raising. This is new, right? A long time. There have been some that are more just Hyde, but uh, there have been a few <laughs> Jekyll and Hydes uh, along the way. And there was one particular uh, person who uh, was... He's been absolutely charming, or certainly was absolutely charming at, at, at the beginning of, of, of a meeting. Um, yeah, it's probably quite indiscreet for, for me to say, but he certainly won't be watching this this podcast. But, right. um, <laughs> but it was so, 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 so uh, me, it, it was myself and, and my old boss. We went to uh, this meeting with uh, with Philip Green. And we were we we were trying to pitch to get him to advertise on TV because he, he wouldn't. And he was absolutely lovely for you know ninety odd percent of the meeting. But having shown us around everything, shown us around a warehouse and that, and we're sitting down talking, and then just suddenly he'd switched in right. the middle of, of that meeting, and he leant over the desk and pointed at my boss and said, "I don't like you. I'm not going to deal with you." You don't smile enough, and, and and then pointed to me and said, "I'll deal with you, but not him." Right. Which was one of those times where you go, "What's just happened?" What's just <laughs> happened? Yeah. And yeah, you know, we 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 sort of made our excuses and left. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a you know a, a very strange way to to leave the meeting. I mean, we he 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 did at that stage uh, agree to to trial something with us. Right. But then, just before the activity was due to go out, he pulled it. But uh, again, I guess the the kind of the macro lesson there is is that personal dynamics do matter. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I sat down afterwards and I said, "What do we do about this? Yeah, what what, what do you want? How, how how do we? What's our next move?" And and, and look, I, I I suppose you know that yeah, I was very fortunate in in the fact that you know I I, I had a boss who who didn't have an ego and said, "Look." It, it, it's more important that you know we try and get them on. You go back. I'm I'm good with that, and 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 see how you get on. And that's also the power of having two people in the negotiation. Is that mm. if the dynamics right with one of the people in the negotiation, the other one can be the bag carrier. It doesn't matter how senior either either person is, but mm. it allows you to focus on we're going to build this relationship and do the deal, whilst your colleague is writing notes having a think and allowing you to withdraw and go, what did I hear? What did you hear? This is what I've written down. And that can mm. be really powerful. And in fact, on, on big complex negotiations, I always recommend people go in pairs because yeah. of that. And uh, it doesn't matter what the seniority is. I, I've done it for colleagues and for friends where I've sat down and I've just been the note taker. And it's amazing when, when we compare notes at the break point of the negotiation and I go, no, 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 I, this is what was said. Mm-hmm. And they get, and the, my counterparty goes, or my my colleague goes, but that that's not what I heard. Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. that's because you weren't listening for that at that moment. Mm. Talk about the. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, Ben. The the stubby pencil story. Well, that <laughs> <laughs> I only mentioned it because everyone says, and I've done it. Sharpen your pencil. Yeah. Well, that, that, to, to be so, that, that that was the first time I sort of heard that that phrase. That was actually that came subsequently uh, through through the dealings with uh, with with Arcadia and, and Philip Green. Because 
having having finally, you know, having had him pull the campaign uh, with. Yeah, I, I then chatted to uh, the, the, the marketing chap who who, who was working uh, for him, and, and said, "Look, what, what do we do here? How how, how can we, um, you know, get get his interest, put something in front of him?" He said, "Look, what what, what is the retailer? Why don't you offer him, you know, buy one get get one free sort of thing?" Or, or you know, we used price. to call them bog offs, didn't we? Buy one get yeah, one free. Exactly. So well, look, we'll, we'll we'll roll the dice. We'll give it a go, and 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 so we did. We gave up a, a half price one. Uh, to which, uh, <laughs> having having had it go out, he came back and said, "Yeah, okay, I'm not sure it worked. <laughs> I need another one." Nice. <laughs> 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 there you go. Uh, he knew what he was doing. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Buy one, uh, get two free. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, clearly, at that point, it did work. Yeah. Uh, and he started coming back. So we would then negotiate each burst. Uh, and and they were becoming relatively frequent. The difficulty was obviously that yeah, I was trying to put the price up every time because we started at you, we'd gone in originally with a with a you know incentive rate, which then subsequently we'd halved. So you know we were then trying back to the incentive rate and then back up beyond that. And and timing wise, we were running into a busier time and, and prices were going up anyway. Yeah. So the the whole conversations used to, used to start each burst with with me putting the price up. Uh, and um, him telling me to sharpen my pencil and <laughs> and to reduce the price, uh, and so this this went on for you know, some weeks to the point. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I we we had some ITV pencils at that time, so I, I got one. I sharpened it down to about you know one inch and sent it to him in the post. So there you go. To which he did, to, to be fair to him, picked up the phone and uh, and said, "Very good, Ben. You need to get another pencil." But what it did, do, well, it, it did mean that um, you know, g- going forward, it was it was a lot easier. We found and settled on a on a on a price uh, yeah. that was comfortable for both of us. And look, we did have a longer term deal, and we found a way a, a way through that to to get something. But it's also it, it, it's the use of um, I think I think people in negotiations sometimes treat it as it is serious, it is business, it is professional, but there's a human being on both sides. And a bit of humour, as long as it's appropriately done, is a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I, I always try and approach a you know ne- negotiation as you know it it should be a relatively enjoyable yeah. experience. You, you're trying to get something that works a win-win for both parties. Now you know there are always going to be ones where you know your objectives are potentially misaligned or there's going to be difficult conversations but you know the vast majority of negotiations should you know have these positives for both parties uh you know particularly when you've got ongoing business relationships yeah i mean i think that um alignment of objectives one thing i'd recommend to anyone that's negotiating any deal you find out early on sounds obvious again but it's like at the beginning of the session, you've done all your prep work, hopefully. Um, just talking through, look, these are our objectives. This is what's important to us. You know, Ben, what's important to you? Just talk me through it. And if there's a big misalignment of objectives, I had one um, about a year ago. A client was trying to sell a business. And when we looked at the objectives of both the buyer and the seller, there was no alignment. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this, this isn't magic. If there's no alignment of objectives, striking a good commercial deal for both parties 
isn't going to work. Mm. But you've got to ask the question. You can't guess. Yeah. And too often, I think, people get fearful of finding out what the other person really thinks and where they really are. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going into negotiation not knowing what someone wants because uh, you don't know what to offer. And, you know, you put things on the table which might be really valuable to you. But mean nothing to them. Exactly. They go, oh, I'll have that. But, you know, actually, it's not... Exactly, Gary. What's the next thing you've got in your kit bag? Yeah. <laughs> um, talk to me about how you build trust during negotiations as well um, with the other party. Because we talk about building relationships. That all sounds great. But how do you lay down markers to help someone start to trust you? Because in any negotiation, I, I have to trust that you're going to do the right thing. If you try and do me over in the mm. paperwork, which isn't what we agreed in the deal, that's going to go wrong. Yeah. No, I think th th there's a few things there, aren't there? Um, I think, you know, firstly, you, you, you've got to be clear in your signaling about yeah. what it is. That you're saying, but you know, when 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 you are, yes, you're telling a story. You know, you 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 are you know creating your your case, and there, there there needs to be logic. It needs to be convincing. It's very hard to get someone to agree to something that they think is unreasonable. Correct. Yeah. So, or, so or illogical. Or it just illogical. doesn't make sense. It's like, and and that can impact trust enormously. Yeah. So I think it all starts there. The, you know, you, 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 what you've got to be. What, what you're asking for, you know, has to be justifiable uh, and understandable to the person. They might not like it, potentially, but you know, there has to be a rationale uh, to, to it. Um, and I think, you know, yes, look, there, there have been, you know, I've come across people in the past that, you know, will, will you know, the devil's in the detail. You, 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 part of it is on you to, to know exactly what it is you're giving away when someone's asking. When you're giving, if someone's asking for something, you've got to know the true value of what it is. Uh, you know, there's a, there is. It's the classic submarine window. You know, uh, there's long term and short term gives, and and you know, some people, you know, something someone might be asking for may seem less significant today, but having a, a you know a huge value in the future. You, you've got to be aware of those sorts of things. So it's, it it it's slightly on you. I think there's a there's a there's a that's different to when it comes to doing the paperwork and someone trying to rewrite what an agreement is. And I think, look, it's important that you are exchanging and writing up what it is as you go through. As you go along. What it is, that where you are, and what your understanding of where you are is so that there is clarity on that. And you've always got that to, to, to look back to. Never it drives me mad. The... I've I've sat with people and they go and I'm negotiating deals and there's no working document. So you have all these mm. discussions. There's no marked up document. Um, I'm not about talking about a legal document here, but so I, I'm a big fan of um, when I used to negotiate deals uh, back in the day with my um, commercial lawyer that I used. I used to say to Victor, I said, look, I'm not going to engage you at the beginning. Forget all that. I'm going to write a principles paper. Two sides of A4, no more. And I'm going to negotiate with my counterparty what the principles are. So these are the kind of like, this is the, the essence of the agreement. And when mm. that got stable, having marked it up a few times together, then we can say to the lawyers, can you now turn this into a contract? Mm -hmm. If you start with the contract, it's a disaster. 
because the contract yeah. might be 40 pages long. You'll never, mm -hmm. you'll never pick out the principles out of a 40-page document because they'll yeah. get lost. But some basic commercial principles on one bit of paper where both mm -hmm. parties exchange the bit of paper and collaborate, and then it gets enshrined in legal agreements, for me, is a much better way of getting to a sensible agreement. Yeah, I mean, that's to, to be fair, that's the way most of our negotiations tend to go. Right. Um, so another thing, just before we kind of draw this to a close, BATNAs. So people listening, BATNA, best alternative to a negotiated agreement. You'll kind of walk away. How important is having a strong BATNA and knowing that you can walk away against bad deals? <laughs> I think that's fundamental. I mean, look, you know, the worst situation you can be in is, is going into a, a negotiation without knowing what your alternative position is. Uh, and most, you know, my experience, uh, most bad deals are done because of a lack of an alternative. And in fact, my my the first ever deal I was given to do, uh, which was only a small little deal, and I was like an account exec or whatever, I made the mistake of not having an alternative and not being able to say no or purely the fact that I didn't want to be seen not to have been able to do a deal uh, and ended up agreeing a deal on terms that I was told not to. Now, so it, it was, a, it was, a, I was the, the person I was negotiating with wanted to do a fixed price and I was told you, you can't do a fixed price. Now, I'd looked at this fixed price and I knew that it was a good price for us and it would, it would probably be better than the alternative position. But I'd been told, don't do that because there's risk in, in it. And because the person gave me no choice and I did have an alternative and I didn't want to say, I can't do this deal, I did it. And, <laughs> and we've all done it. We've yeah, all done it. It was the first and last time uh, yeah. that I did that. It was, it was um, the, the, the product. It was, uh, it was for eggs, uh, something like the British Egg Council or something. And... Uh, my boss then and, and his boss, they distributed about 100 post-it notes with eggs written on them and pins them in various places. So for the next month, I'd be opening cupboards and there would be a post-it note saying eggs. Or in my book, I'd open it, there'd be eggs. Yeah, so it was, <laughs> it was a good reminder. Um, yeah, and it, look, it, you, you, you all live and learn, don't you? You make mistakes. Um, you do. Uh, but try not to make the same ones. Again, basically. Again, exactly. Ben, um, two or three things, two or three big things. What would be your summary, key lessons learned that you want to pass on to anyone negotiating commercial deals, be they agencies or be they media companies or be they whoever? Um, look, I, I always take, I always approach it uh, by you trying to give someone what they want on your own terms and getting what you want in, in return for that. You know, as I say, you know, it, it, it should be a win-win uh, and facilitated business uh, for, for both parties. Yeah, make sure you do your, your preparation. Make sure you understand what, what is, you know, important. I think trust, building trust and relationships uh, is, is, is really important. Clear signaling. Um, yeah, and, 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 just making sure that you you follow the, the the process exactly. Understanding interests, build relationships, be prepared. 
It's not a bad summary, really, Ben. Thank you. Oh, you did it, not me. So. <laughs> ben, it's been amazing. Thank you ever so much for being part of this. Where can people find out more about you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. So um, Okay. And obviously yeah. watch ITV. Yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> ben, thanks ever so much. Okay. Nice. Nice to chat, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Drum Podcast series on Negotiation Insights with your host, Mike Lander. Please subscribe so that you'll catch the next episodes from our global marketing industry experts.